history with the podcast guy, Matt King. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to our podcast. Unfortunately, for some, our topics that we talk about may be offensive to some people. The topics that we discuss could also be triggers, and we want you to be aware of that. If you are in need of help, please talk to a professional, a family member, or a friend. We are not medical professionals, and we don't claim to be. We are just two guys with a microphone and a platform. Please listen with discretion. Welcome to This Time in History, guys. I'm Matthew here with Stephen. Hi, everyone. And today we have a big episode planned, but before we get to that, let's talk about this last week or so. A lot of people, a lot of um, uh, feedback, a lot of positive feedback. We've had some record-breaking shows with the interviews that we've done. You weren't feeling well, Stephen. So this is the first chance you've gotten to comment on any of those interviews. Why don't we start with the uh, Justice for Terry series? What did you think when you listened back to them? Oh, I mean, like everything else, it's it's not good. I mean... But this is what it's all about, is to get justice out there and get, you know, people listening to us and get them to understand what we're doing or trying to do. Because we want people to be recognized, but all not just recognized, but we also want them to be looked into as, you know, like, who's held responsible for some of this stuff that happens. Accountability is a big thing. You know, thing. like, I mean, we can't blame it on everybody. Because it's not always everybody's fault. But somebody, somebody has to know about this stuff going on before it happens. Now, you took part in the interview that we did together with Tina Salinas. It's been a week since it was released. What did you think of uh, the interview and what about the feedback? Well, it seemed to go well. And I mean, we got, you know, that's what we're looking for is feedback and comments definitely comments and stuff so we know you know what people are looking for too well i mean i've heard positive feedback yeah but uh you know it's a funny story um i don't know if i don't remember i'd have to listen to the interview i don't remember if we told it but uh we actually spent an hour and a half trying to get there was some techno technical problems going on i think uh wherever she was in the war i think in new york somewhere there was a storm at the time Yes, there was, and it kept cutting out her internet and stuff, and we had a terrible time getting started, but we did it. Let's do the history of the week. In 1924, the U.S. Supreme Court upholds a New York State law forbidding late-night work for women. In 1933, the film King Kong premieres in New York City. I guess that's the original. Must be. Also in 1933... The board game Monopoly is invented. Oh, wow. I thought you'd like that one. In 1945, Anne Frank dies in a German concentration camp. 1948, the U.S. Supreme Court rules that religious instructions in public school is unconstitutional. In 1959, the Barbie doll is unveiled at a toy fair in New York City. In 1964, the first Ford Mustang rolls off the Ford assembly line. The old clunkers. (laughs) Holy shit. In 1969, Levi Strauss starts to sell bell-bottom jeans. 
Happy birthdays this week go out to Laura Prepon. She was on uh, That 70s Show, and she was on Orange is New Black. Uh, Rachel Wise, she was in the Mummy movies. Wanda Sykes, she's a female comedian. Freddie Prince Jr., he was in uh, all them rom-coms back in the day. James Vanderbeek from Dawson's Creek. Charlie Jordan, she's a fuck. Uh, he's a fucking fine. Uh, or she? No, she. Sorry. Why do I keep saying he? She's a she's a fine ass fucking model. That's all. I'll say that. Sierra Ramirez from the Fosters. She's nice. Uh, Suni Lee. She she's an Olympist and she competed on Dancing with the Stars. Steve Wilkos. Oh God. You know who from, that is? Yes, from the. He used to be the bodyguard on Jerry's Yes, and now he's got, and his, now own he's got his own show. Yeah. Uh, Bad Bunny. Bad Bunny. He's a Latino rapper. I think I've only ever heard him rap once, and I don't he, think I've heard him. He raps in Spanish, so I don't understand oh, what the fuck he says. It probably sounds good though. <laughs> uh, Carrie Underwood. Yeah. Olivia Wilde. She's an actress. Chuck Norris. Wow. Emily Osment, she played opposite the Miley Cyrus and the Hannah Montana stuff. No. Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone. Yeah, remember? Basic Instinct. Oh, yes. Okay. With the knife. Yeah. yeah. Timberland, he's a rapper and he's got shoes now. Uh, Anthony Davis, he's a basketball player. Johnny Knoxville from wow. the, the fucking... Um, Asshole. Jackass. Jackass. There yes, you go. There you were go. Cl- you got, that's close enough. Uh, Terrence Howard. He was the original roadie in the MCU, but then he wanted more money. He, he's like, I want. I think. I think it was like, I want well, Robert Downey Jr. Jr. money, and, and they're like, no. And that happened. No. Uh, Thora Birch. She's an actress. She was in uh, American Beauty, and last but not least, Liza Minnelli. So today we're going to be talking about Rob Ford, the late mayor, and uh, this is around the time of the anniversary of his passing, so we're doing this to commemorate him. Some of you may like him, some of you may not like him, and some of you may not know who he is, but that's why we're here and we're going to tell you. So Robert Bruce Ford was born on May 28, 1969. He was a Canadian politician and businessman who served as the 64th mayor of Toronto from 2010 to 2014. Before and after his term as mayor, Ford was a city councillor representing Ward 2, Etobicoke North. He was first elected to Toronto City Council in the 2000. Toronto municipal election and was re-elected to his count- council seat twice. Ford was born in, Octo- in Etobicoke, Ontario, Canada in 1969, like I said, the youngest of four children, which are Doug, Kathy, Randy, and Rob. And his parents are Ruth, Diane, and Douglas Bruce Ford Sr. And his dad was actually... I think he's a was a backbencher on the provincial uh, conservatives in the Mike Harris days. His paternal grandparents were English immigrants. His father, along with a man named Ted Harriet, was a co- was co-founder of Deco Labels and Tags, which makes pressure 
sensitive labels for plastic wrap grocery products and it was estimated it, it's estimated that they made now this could be different now could be more could be less but at the time around a hundred million Canadian in annual sales and yes it says here as well I kind of skipped ahead that he was a progressive conservative member of the provincial parliament from 1995 to 1999. Rob Ford attended Scarlet Heights Collegiate Institute in Etobicoke. Couple funny stories I want to tell you about this, uh, Stephen. So I guess after he, okay, uh, spoiler alert, I went to the same high school, but I didn't go to Scarlet Heights Collegiate Institute. I went to Scarlet Heights Entrepreneurial Academy because they renamed it for the second time. After Ford left, they renamed it to Scarlet Heights Institute of Technology. Stephen, what does that spell? Like, why would they... What does that spell? Scarlet Heights. Use the acronyms. S-H-I-T. Yeah. Shit. Like... (laughs) I love that. That but was I mean, great. I wonder if they, they really came up with that, if that was something that they I honestly to do. I honestly don't don't think that they even thought of that. Like Cause everyone yes, cause they, yeah. They're probably like, oh no one's gonna call it shit. It's Scarlet Heights Entrepreneurial Academy. Yeah. So I went to the same high school as them. Not obviously, like I said, not at the same time. But uh, Ford dreamed of becoming a professional football player and his father paid for him to attend special camps of the Washington Redskins and the University of Notre Dame. And after graduating from the high school, Ford went to Carleton University in Ottawa to study political science. He made the football squad but did not play in any games. He left Carleton after one year to return to Toronto and did not complete his degree. After Carleton, he started a sales job at the Deco Labels. And after Doug Ford Sr.'s death in 2006, the Ford family retained ownership of Deco Labels through the Doug Ford Holdings Corporation. Ford, alongside his brothers and their mother, was a director of the company. In August of 2000, Ford married Renata Brezniak, uh, whom he had met in high school at All Saints Roman Catholic Church in Etobicoke. Stephen. Where is the All Saints Church in Etobicoke? I'll give you a hint. It's on LaRose Avenue. Yes, right there on... So you're familiar with that church? Yes. That's funny, isn't it? It is, kind of. I used to live right there. (laughs) They had been dating since Brezniak's divorce from her first husband in February of 1996. Ford lived with Renata and their two children, Stephanie and Doug in Etobicoke until his death in 2016. Ford served three terms as city councillor from 2000 until 2010, representing Ward 2 Etobicoke North, like I said. During his term as councillor, Ford was a strong critic of councillor spending. Ford was known for his controversial comments and passionate arguments at at council. Ford first ran for Toronto City Council in 1997, placing fourth to Gloria Lindsay Luby in Ward 3, Kingsway, Humber. Ford ran for councillor in Ward 2, Etobicoke North in the following election in 2000, getting the endorsement from the Toronto Star. Mm. 
that's going to be uh, noteworthy later. Yeah. Ford defeated incumbent Elizabeth Brown in what was considered to be one of the one of several upsets in Etobicoke. According to Ford, quote, the people said they wanted change and they got change, end quote. I'm going to take a time out right now. I just want to say a couple things about Ford. Number one, I grew up idolizing him. And like I said, I respect everyone's opinion. But in this case, I don't give a fuck. I know people don't like him. I grew up idolizing the man. First time I ever met him, saw him, I didn't meet him, saw him, was... Um, if you remember back, we did the episode on the Rexdale Plaza, and yes. then they tore it down. So when they were deciding to build the Walmart, and they came with all these sketches, they had a, a quote, town hall meeting inside the Rexdale Plaza uh, before they tore it down. And it was a huge meeting, and he was there, and I was there, and he was leading the meeting. And he listened to every little old lady every person that had a comment or a question about what it was going to look like there was one little old lady that went up and said no you should have a sidewalk here and a, and a stair like stairs going down there and he listened so i mean that's a departure because i mean we're used to these days the politicians you know you talk you talk to them and yeah they pretend they're listening but they don't really but hear you they really don't hear you exactly all right, if they do, they ignore it when, you know, but he did listen. I've got to give him that. You know, if there was a problem, he'd listen to the problem. Ward 2 is located in the northwest corner of the city in the former city of Etobicoke. The ward's population uh, of over 50,000 in 2006 was 53% composed of immigrants, the largest group being South Asians. It is mixed in nature, with 40% of dwellings being single-family detached homes and 35% being high-rise apartments. It is also known as an area that has seen gang violence, including six murders in the year 2000. Wow, yeah. six murders. Well, damn it, I would take that, I would take that now because these numbers have quadrupled oh and... God, have they ever. Even sometimes Holy worse. shit, yeah. Like, it's... Uh... That's, that's, yeah, that's a small piece of the pie back then because it certainly has changed now. Ford has previously resided in the ward, or had previously resided in the ward, but moved in 2000 prior to the election after his marriage to Ward 4. In 2003, Ford was re-elected with 80% of the vote in Ward 2, defeating two candidates from the local Somali community. In the 2006 election, Ford won again, defeating Somali-Canadian candidate Kadigia Ali, this time with 66% of the vote. During the 2001 municipal budget, it was during this time deliberations that earned Ford a reputation for passionate speeches. The City of Toronto was facing a several hundred million dollar budget shortfall, enough to require a 32% tax increase after the Government of Ontario shifted delivery of services from itself to Toronto, who would then have to pay for them. Toronto Mayor at the time, Mel Lastman, was pleading with other governments for financial assistance. According to a, a man named Don Wanagas, 
the National Post City Hall columnist, the other councillors began to dread when Ford rose to speak. Quote, I have to give my head a shake because some of the rhetoric that comes out of the mouths of some of these councillors boggles my mind, I swear. Get the government out of our backyards. It's ridiculous. Government red tape here, bureaucratic here. It's nonsense having all this government. It's so ridiculous. If you don't like what the province is doing, there's going to be an election in June of 2003, before our election, by the way. End quote. Councillor Ann Johnston proposed giving Ford a, quote, Neocon Award of the Day, end quote, while Councillor Joe Pantalone advised Ford to take Prozac. Oh my god. <laughs> take Prozac. Yeah. Uh, Ford argued against spending money on the suicide prevention barrier on the Prince Edward Viaduct and spending it instead on rounding up child molesters who, quote, who are the main cause of people jumping off bridges, end quote. You see, I maybe not, I don't necessarily agree with those comments, okay? Just because I idolize the guy doesn't mean that I turned a blind eye. I don't agree with everything uh, he he did. However, I still support him. It's the same thing with his brother, who's the current premier now. A lot of you guys don't like him, and I understand that, and I'm not trying to turn this into a political discussion. I'm just saying that you can dislike some of the things he does while still supporting him. I mean, that's what you guys do with Justin Trudeau. Anyway, Ford proposed a cut on each councillor's $200,000 office budget. Money for travel to conferences, ending city limousine usage, and club memberships. According to Ford, quote, If we wipe out the perks for council members, we'd save $100 million easy, end quote. Yes, and it makes sense. The man had, like, he went to the beat, he, he, he strummed to his own guitar, and he, you know... He just... Moved to the beat of his own drum? Is that what yeah, you're trying like to say? He, he you just, just can't get it out? Yeah, he just... <laughs> and that's what he did. You know, when he was working for the people, then he was there working for the people. But on his time, it was his time. Let him do whatever the fuck he wants like the rest of us do. Countless times like, I've read in the paper or on the news or whatever, even like when he was just a city councillor or when he was mayor, he would himself personally... Go to the apartment building of, of, of like a Metro Toronto uh, 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 housing building, and he himself would check on the damage, the holes in the floor, the rat infestation, the cockroach infestation, all this shit. He would do it himself personally, and he's the only fucking politician I've ever seen or heard of doing that. What about you? Well, yeah, like he went from place to place. And I mean, but like I said, when he was on the clock, he worked hard. He did. But he played hard too when he was off the clock. One thing I like... One and people didn't like it. I think it was fine. It was He was just living his life. One thing that I like that he did, we mentioned these $200,000 annual office budgets. Yeah. Like, Every year I would check because the, the Toronto Sun got a hold of who spent what. And every year prior to him becoming mayor... His name was at the bottom, zero dollars, or one dollar. Yeah, like, because he wouldn't use the money of the 
the city bunny for frivolous for, yeah, bullshit. Like to go to the park and get in free and stuff. And not then, e- not even that to take all these trips. Yeah. Oh, I'm working. I've got, I I I'm gonna build a tax base. I'm working. I have to fly to another country. <laughs> right. Like, <laughs> but I'm really on vacation. But he didn't do that. Like Ford was one of only four councillors who voted against a five percent increase in property taxes for two thousand and one. Ford made a point of not using his allotted city budget from his office expenses, paying the expenses from his salary, like I told you. He claimed $10 for the first year and $4 for his second year. In Ford's opinion, quote, all of this office budget stuff is self-promotion to benefit yourself. Why shouldn't taxpayers have, why should taxpayers have to pay for it? It boggles my mind, end quote. Yes. Now, during the debates around the 2002 municipal budget, Ford and Councillor Giorgio Mammoliti, we got to do a thing on him too, he, they got into uh, several heated exchanges where Mammoliti called Ford a goon. Oh. And Ford called Mammoliti a scammer. Oh. The argument got heated to the point where Ford called Mammoliti a Gino boy. The fuck is a Gino boy? I don't know. I don't even know what that means. I don't know. I'm not it's sure. Probably, it's probably got a racist good, insinuation, know. but but I mean, Mamaliti called the insult a racist remark and filed a complaint with the city's human rights office. Three councillors stated that they heard the insult said by Ford, who denied it. Ford dismissed the councillors, stating that they were liars if they thought he had made a racist remark. Quote. I'm a conservative, and the majority of people are left-wing and cannot stand my politics, end quote. The exchanges led Councillor Pam McConnell to complain about, quote, testosterone poisoning, end quote, in the chamber. Ford Ford extended his exchanges outside the chamber with columnist John Barber of the Globe and Mail. Quote, I am not a racist. Anyone who calls me a racist is going to face the consequences, end quote. To which Barber replied, quote, you are a racist, end quote. Wow, man. Like, like, a lot of bickering and going on between them. During the 2003 municipal election, Ford endorsed 12 political candidates on a platform of fiscal responsibility to take on fellow councillors, quote, we just need to get rid of these lifelong politicians that just give out money to special interest groups and don't serve the community. I'm really teed off. We need to get a new council or this city is going to go down the drain. End quote. Ford targeted Brian Ashton, Maria Ogmeri, Sandra Boosen, Olivia Chow, Pam McConnell, Howard Moscow, and Shireen Shaw. Shaw was defeated by Ford's future budget chief, Michael Del Grande, while the rest were re-elected. Ford made a priority of responding to local constituent problems, often returning phone calls himself or meeting with city staff to resolve problems. In 2005, local radio station AM640 tested councillors on their response by having a reporter make an after-hours call to report a pothole. Ford was one of only three councillors to call back in person within a day. His zeal 
in attending the constituents' problems became a competitive rivalry with fellow councillors Howard Moscow and Gloria Lindsay Luby. In June 2006, Ford spoke out against the city donating $1.5 million to help prevent AIDS, arguing that most taxpayers should not be concerned with AIDS. Ford publicly apologized for the, for the comments in May 2010 during his mayoral campaign after his opponent, George Smitherman, called Ford's character into question over the remarks. This is the kind of shit that yeah. I'm talking about that pisses me off. So he says something four years earlier. And it's held accountable. And, and you know, he's like, being held, and, and he's got to apologize for it? What the fuck is that? If, if I say something that offends anybody, tell me right then. And I'll apologize. Yeah, That's not a problem. Later. Two years, four years, yeah, like, 20 years. What, what, what is I'm, this? I'm not going to remember it. People, people are did shit back in the 90s, back in the Hell early 2000s. You know, Hold like, on. They did shit, right? And now they're losing jobs that they didn't have when whatever happened happened. They're losing jobs now for it. That's got to be against the law. Somehow. I don't know. It's horse shit. Anyway, at a council meeting on March 5th, 2008, Ford stated, quote, those Oriental people work like dogs, end quote. A remark he later formally apologized for while stating that he meant it as a compliment. Now that is something I would agree that he needed to apologize for. See, I can be fair when it comes to Ford. On March 7th, 2007, Ford spoke out against cyclists sharing roads with motorists, which were, quote, built for buses, cars, and trucks, and not for people on bikes. Where do you stand on that, Stephen? Where do I stand on it? Sharing the road with a fucking cyclist. Because I, I gotta be honest with you, they're fucking annoying. They don't follow the traffic signs. They think they own the road. What the hell ever happened to biking on sidewalk? It's illegal now. It's been illegal for years. Well, then, if they made it illegal, where the fuck would they like them to drive? I mean, when I was in a, the air, when I was a teenager, I I drove on on the sidewalk because I didn't give two fucks. Well, but, me too. I still, you know, would be yeah. You're it's a sidewalk. Like if you have to go out on the road, it's different. But but now they have bike lanes and shit. Like what the fuck's that about? It's clogging up the road. Like yeah, it's taking more of the road. Exactly. You're down to fucking a lot of streets. There's one lane one way, one lane the other way. Instead of two and two. Because they got the bike lanes in. So dumb. But there's a lot more bicyclers now, too. And they've got them all over the place where you can rent the bikes and stuff. They're yeah, because it's, it's, a, it's a sport now. Ooh, I bike everywhere. I'm fit. I'm, I'm also saving so much money. I'm saving the planet, Steve. Well, yes. I'm saving the planet. Well, yes. You're, you might laugh about that now. But when your great-grandchildren come, you might want this planet to still be breathable. I don't have anything against you trying to save the planet, but you need a car. Unless you live down the street from your work, you need a fucking car. Well, yes. But people that can go other way, they're doing it There are people that bike in the wintertime. See, I don't understand that. Let me ask you something. Do you drive in the winter? Hold on, let me ask you something. What's on the ground in the wintertime? Snow. And? Ice. Yeah. So, and and most people have rubber soles on their shoes, right? And what happens? You slip. What the fuck is a tire made of? A bike tire. It's made rubber. of rubber. Wouldn't that do the same shit? Am I stupid for saying that? 
no, you can you can still bike in the snow and stuff like. But your tire could it. slip, and then you and it can you can fall over like. And then people just a car. <laughs> you have four tires under a car. You can still slide off the road. The the car weighs more, so it still can slide. Look what happened to you the other night. <laughs> Let's not go there. Well, see. Anyway, guys. As Councillor Ford opposed the installation of bike lanes on University Avenue and Jarvis Street during his election campaign, proposed spending money on off-road cycle paths. Cycle paths. <laughs> yes. Bike lanes were installed on Jarvis in 2010 over the objection of traffic advocates, and Ford made it a priority to get them removed during his campaign. As mayor, he was able to get council to reverse the decision in 2011, a move which was criticized by cycling advocates and led to protests. The Jarvis bike lanes, which cost the city $86,000 to install in 2011, were removed in December 2012 at a cost of between $200,000 and $300,000. At the same time, Physically separated bike lanes on Sherburn Street were installed. Toronto Cyclist Union President, I didn't even know that was a thing. No, me neither. Andrea Garcia praised the Sherburn Lanes installation. Quote, Cities all across North America that are doing way more innovative things for cyclists have been building separate bike lanes for a long time. It's great to finally see Toronto catch up. End quote. However, she also regretted the loss of lanes on Jarvis, saying, quote, People live and work and go to school on both of these streets, and they all need a safe way to get to these places. End quote. How about you fucking drive? How about that? Or walk. Or walk. Anyway. Take a streetcar. When, we're ta- when, when it comes Bus. to the, the 2010 Toronto mayoral election, Ford was elected mayor with... 383,501 votes, which is 47% of total votes, over George Smitherman's 289,832 votes. He took 35.6% of the vote. And Joe Pantalone, with 95,482 votes, which accounted for 11.7% of the vote. The voter turnout was around 52% of registered voters, the highest in Toronto's post-amalgamation history. Ward-by-ward electoral results showed that Ford had won all of the former pre-amalgamation suburbs, while Smitherman topped districts in the pre-amalgamation Toronto districts. Ford received 80,000 votes from the, quote, downtown 13 wards or 20% of his total votes. Ford ran a populist platform of fiscal conservatives, conservatism, and subway expansion. I'm going to stop right there. There was a subway expansion? No, no. He's talking subway expansion. Oh, yes, they were talking. So let me ask you something. You've lived here long enough now. Do you support subways or the LRTs, which is just a fancier streetcar? No. These LRTs, are these the ones that are up on rails? No, they... Like at the airport and stuff? No, that's the... No, 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 that's the UP Express. So the LRT, the way it was explained to me, and I'm seeing it every day as I drive because they've got... They've got... 
are the new streetcars. They've got Eglinton dug up. They've got Finch dug up. So basically, the LRT system is going to be half underground and half above ground. But they still have to build it where it's going to block off a portion of the road all the way on Finch. It's really stupid. Yeah, it doesn't sound like... I mean, they've got subways that come underground and above ground and not now. Like New York is full of subways and yeah. you don't hear any complaints there. No, it seems to run fine. And our subways seem to run fine other than if we get a flood or something, but... During the campaign, the scandals benefited Ford. After his driving under the influence conviction became public, his share of the vote increased 10%. So he got a DUI in Florida in 1999, and it never... It, it was I, I assume it was public knowledge, well, yeah, but, it was, but it was never used against him until he ran for mayor in 2010, 11 years later. Yeah. Horse shit. Exactly. Leave that dog lie. You mean let sleeping dogs lie? No, let that dog lie. (laughs) Like, it was over and done with 11 years ago. Leave it the fuck be. After it was revealed he was banned from high school coaching, he raised $25,000 in campaign contributions overnight. After the election, Ford had outgoing counselor Case Oates a former City of Toronto budget chief head his transition team. From his campaign team, Ford named Nick uh, Kuvalis as his chief of staff. Mark Tui, uh, who had drafted his campaign platform as his policy advisor. And Adrian Batry, Batra as, his, as uh, his press secretary. Councillor Doug Holliday, who helped elect Doug Ford Sr., was named Deputy Mayor. And for the Executive Committee of City Council, Ford named councillors who had endorsed him in his campaign. For the inauguration ceremony at the first meeting of the new council, Ford had television commentator Don Cherry introduce him and put the chain of office on him. Cherry garnered some controversy with his remarks. Cherry described how Ford had reversed a mistake of city staff cutting down a tree of a Toronto property owner for no good reason and then billing the property owner who suffered from Alzheimer's. Oh, yeah, I never heard about that. Cherry added, quote, Put that in your pipe, you left-wing kooks. And in regards to the pink suit he was wearing, he said, quote, I'm wearing pinko for all the pinkos out there that ride bicycles and everything. I thought I'd get it in, end quote. At its first meeting in December of 2010, the council voted to cancel the annual $60 personal vehicle registration tax passed by the previous council. The tax cancellation, a campaign promise of Ford's, took effect on January 1st, 2011. During the first year in office, the council mostly endorsed Ford's proposals. Ford privatized garbage pickup west of Young Street. Previously, only Etobicoke had had, had uh, privatized waste removal. Ford's first year as mayor in 2011 saw no property tax increase, and subsequent years' increases were less than the rate of inflation. Under Ford, council voted to declare the TTC an essential service 
and thus avoiding a strike, Ford reduced but was able to com- uh, Ford reduced but was unable to completely remove the Miller era land transfer tax. During the summer of 2013, city council endorsed Ford's plan to council or cancel the transit city transit plan and build the Scarborough subway extension, fulfilling one of Ford's main uh, campaign promises. This project was later approved and received funding both provincially and federally. In later years, council would reject Ford's transit plans, including not putting the Crosstown LRT underground for its entire route. Now we're going to get to the hard shit. So, I believe it was in 2012? I might have my dates wrong. There was... It's funny, because I I brought up the Toronto Star endorsing Mm -hmm. Ford. There was a writer, Robin something... Uh, from the Toronto Star, she got a phone call and had a meeting with uh, some gangbanger who claimed to have in his possession a video of Rob Ford smoking crack. Yes. So I'm going to play a series of... I recall vi- that. Yes, I'm going to play a series of videos now, and then we'll talk about it. Well, good afternoon, everyone. I'd like to take this opportunity to address a number of issues that have circulated in the media over the last few days. There has been a serious accusation from the Toronto Star that I use crack cocaine. I do not use crack cocaine, nor am I an addict of crack cocaine. As for a video, I cannot comment on a video that I have never seen or does not exist. It is most unfortunate, very unfortunate, that my colleagues and the great people of this city have been exposed to the fact that I have been judged by the media without any evidence. This past week has not been an easy one. It has taken a great toll on my family and my friends and the great people of Toronto. For the past week, on the advice of my solicitor, I was advised not to say a word. I want to thank the people of this great city for their outpouring of support. The past few days have also ended a long relationship with Don Bosco. I would like to thank and congratulate all the young men that have had the opportunity to coach and improve their lives in the last 10 years at Don Bosco. I will continue to support Don Bosco in spirit, and I wish them great success for their upcoming season. These kids are phenomenal kids who have bright futures and can do anything if they put their mind to it. I would like to assure everyone that we are continuing to fight for the taxpayers every day and it's business as usual at City Hall. This administration is turning the corner. And I will continue to do what the great people of the city elected me to do. And that was to keep taxes low, to improve customer service, and to reduce the size and cost of government and invest 
and our infrastructure. I would also like to thank my former Chief of Staff, Mark Tui, for his service and all the work that he has done. Again, I'd like to repeat, I can't thank the people enough of Toronto for their support and in being there and calling me and emailing me every single minute of this day. I would also like to thank you for being here today. But most importantly, folks, we have, I have, the city has, the best deputy mayor in Doug Holiday that anyone could ever ask for. I want to thank Doug for being here. And I want to thank my best friend. And I love him dearly, my brother Doug, for having to go through this nonsense. Thank you very much. You asked me you asked me a question back in May. And you can repeat that question. The question we asked you back in May? Yes. Can you explain you the, the video? You, 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 you asked me a couple of questions. And what were those questions? Do you smoke crack cocaine? Exactly. Yes, I have smoked crack cocaine. When, but sir? no, do I? Am I an addict? No. When have you have I tried it? Um, probably in one of my drunken stupors, probably approximately about a year ago. I answered your question. You asked the question properly, I'll answer it. How many yes, times? I've, made I've made mistakes. I, all I can do now is apologize and move on. I don't know what I'll... Oh, guys, oh, 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 okay, can, I, can I just... Yeah, go ahead. Yes, all I can say is I've made mistakes. That's, and you guys kept referring to alcohol. There was a couple isolated incidents. There's been times when I've been in a drunken stupor. That's why I want to see the tape. I want everyone in the city to see this tape. I'd like to see this tape. I don't even recall there being a tape and a video, and I know that. So I want to see the state that I was in. But um, that's exactly it. That's, that's like, I don't know what else I can say here. Okay? So, so I, I wasn't lying. You didn't ask the correct questions. No, I'm not an addict. And no, I do not um, do drugs. I, I made mistakes in the past, and all I can do is apologize. But it is what it is, and I can't change the past. And... I, I can apologize to my family, my friends, my colleagues, and the people of this great city. I can't change it. I told you, probably in, probably in, approximately, I'd probably say in and around about a year ago, but I don't know exactly. That's why I want to see. I want. I don't. I don't even remember after some of the stuff that you guys see me, the state I've been in. It's a problem. So I, I want to. I want to get. I said. So what happened out there in those council chambers? You guys called it a coup d'etat. Is that what it was? That's exactly what it was. The people elected me, the largest mandate in Canada's history, and they just stripped my powers. They gave me 25% of what David Miller had. I returned thousands of calls. I can't function as the mayor of Toronto with eight people in my office. They just stripped me of everything I had because, because they, of all personal problems. But they must have known that. And you, is it all because of personal problems? It's just personal. Nothing. Not one person brought up how much money I've saved the taxpayers, getting rid of the $60 car tax, privatizing garbage, having the lowest tax increase of any major city in North America, watching every dime, getting union deals done, building subways. That was never mentioned. 
What was mentioned, though, uh, by many of the councillors, including the councillor who sits right beside you, who's been a political ally of yours in the past, was that he was worried about your health. He thinks you're ill. That your personal problems are because you're ill. You don't buy that? But never mind, I don't buy it. It's not true. Why, would they, why would they say that? Because of a few isolated incidents. I've come forward. I said I have drank in excess a few times. I've admitted to drug use. But I'm not a drug addict. I'm not an alcoholic. I've shown up to work every day for the last 13 years. Straight as an arrow. I return everyone's call. And have I had some um, uh, fun time on the weekends? Yes, I have. And I think everyone has. And I'm human. I made a mistake. Peter, I'm getting punished for my for my Friday or Saturday night that I decided to have a few drinks. And, a few too and many drinks, and, right? Well, depending on what you consider drinking. Sometimes people drink once or, uh, or two or three drinks and they're drunk. Well, I'm a big guy, you know. Um, it might take me a few more drinks than that, but this is all personal. This is, they call it a democracy. This is not a democracy. This is the dictatorship. Do you worry about your brother's health? As, as Wade, I do. Just as Wade? As Wade, yeah. And, Were you aware of the drinking and the drugs? I was aware that he, you drink once in a while. He doesn't, you got to understand, Peter. When I said I don't see Robert, Rob drink, Rob does his thing at night and on the weekends. He has two, two kids and his family and he does his thing. I have my four girls, I do my thing. So, does it crisscross sometimes? Yes. Um, but when I saw the videos, yeah, he, he uh, that was one too many. Do you want to call it binge drinking the odd time? Yes. But Rob, Rob is, is changing his life. He, he's working out every single day. He's on a strict diet. When he they say health professionals. Yeah, I'd like to ask about that. But when, they, when you heard your fellow counselors say, he's ill, he's, he's got a sickness problem yeah they, they don't know they don't know rob they aren't around rob they don't hang out with rob and i find it very ironic peter it was the pot calling the kettle black down there let me just ask straight up yes and no on it on a couple of things last week you talked about driving after you'd been drinking now were you drunk when you were driving no, peter what i said and all of us have done this whoever has a license you go into a dinner party, you go to a restaurant with your wife, you have a glass of wine, mm -hmm. do you drive? Absolutely, you drive. Yeah. That's if you drink in moderation, below Everybody the limit. Below the limit. But is that what you were talking about? That's exactly what I said. I said, yes, they said, you you drinking? Yes, absolutely. Everybody so you, has. you haven't been drunk? Never. What? Okay. I've never, ever ne been drunk and, and, and driven. Marijuana while you've been mayor? Yes crack while you've been mayor yes more than once no this is an isolated incident once on crack ever on cocaine yes yes I've, on I've, cocaine. I've admitted that yes i admitted that once or more than once i just said that i've answered your question on cocaine more than yes. once when i was younger i experimented no with drugs. i mean while you're on while you're being mayor no never cocaine while you've been no. mayor ever on drugs in this office? Never. Um, and you purchase drugs yourself, as opposed to having been given by a friend or whatever, you actually purchase the drugs? Yes. Now, is that an illegal act? That's an illegal act. 
Yes, I've bought marijuana. While you've been mayor? Yes. And what should people think of that? Should, uh, should they think that you should be charged? You committed an illegal act. You're absolutely right. But there's a lot of people that have done what I've done that sat right on that council chamber floor that have purchased marijuana. Absolutely. Uh, okay, I, I don't know that to be a fact, but I... Well, I know, but, I know but, it to be but a let's fact. But let's let that aside. They're not the mayor. You're the okay. mayor of Toronto. You know what? I'm a human being, okay, Peter? I've, nobody has helped more people in this city than Rob Ford. Nobody. Am I perfect? No, I'm not perfect. But when it comes to running the city, I've run the city better than any mayor ever has. I've saved more taxpayers' money than ever has. I've changed the culture down here. You don't hear about the scandals anymore. Well, I mean, the whole world's hearing about what they think is a scandal right now. The documents that was released, unfortunately, um, it's unfortunate I have to take the legal action. Um, I don't appreciate people calling Atlanta a prostitute. I never had a prostitute here. I'm very happily married at home. Um, that, this is very disturbing against uh, my wife. Um, unfortunately, I have to take legal action against Isaac Ransom and George Christopoulos and um, Mark Tui. I have to uh, take legal action against the waiter that said I was doing lines at the beer market. That is outright lies. That is not true. Um, you know what? But it hurts my wife when uh, they're calling a friend of mine a prostitute. Alana is not a prostitute. She's a friend, and it makes me sick how people are, are saying this. So unfortunately, um, I have no other choice. I'm the last one to take legal action. I can't. I can't put up with it anymore. So I've named the names. Um, litigation will be starting shortly. I've had enough. That's why I warned you guys yesterday. Be careful what you wrote. Okay. So. That's all I have to say for now. And the next thing I want to call uh, Mayor Britannia in Hamilton and tell him that uh, we're going to have to spank the little uh, tiger cats. Oh, and the last thing was um, Olivia Gondak. It says that I wanted to eat her pussy, Olivia Gondak. I've never said that in my life tour. I would never do that. I'm happily married. I've got more than enough to eat at home. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to apologize for my graphic remarks this morning. Yesterday I mentioned it was the second worst day of my life except for the death of my father. For the past six months, I have been under tremendous, tremendous stress. The stress is largely of my own making. I have apologized and I have tried to move forward. This has proven to be almost impossible. Revelations yesterday of cocaine, escorts, prostitution has pushed me over the line. And I used unforgivable language. And again, I apologize. These allegations are 100% lies. When you attack my integrity as a father and as a husband, I see red. Today, I acted on complete impulse in my remarks. I fully realized in the past I have drank alcohol in excess. I wish you to know I'm receiving support from a team of healthcare professionals. I am taking accountability and receiving advice from people with expertise. I do not wish
comment on the particulars of the support. I wish you to understand I am accepting responsibility for the challenges I face. I would ask you please, please respect my family's privacy. Thank you very much. So what did you think about those videos, Stephen? Oh, they were interesting, but I had seen them before. Well, everyone's you know, seen them. Everyone Fuck. Watched them like, but like I said before, what he did on his time was his business. That's the way I looked at it. Even he was as still the, a great mayor. Even as the mayor. Yes, but what he did on his time <clears throat> was his time. Like, stop needling him. I, I'll. I mean, you know, the man's dead. Like, it's a it's a sin because wrong brother died. Hey, I'm sorry, but he did. Hey, hey, Doug's doing good things here. They're both good. Doug Ford okay. is a good person. Like I said, Bob in, is much better than his brother Doug. Like I said in the you he we is much better you and I can brother. agree to disagree, but like I said in the beginning, you don't have to like everything that Doug is doing currently. I don't like a whole lot of shit that he's doing, but you Most can, of it, but you can, percent of it, but you can still support him. He's a great mayor. Yeah, he's Our, great. He's a great premier. I yes, apologize. He's a great premier. He's much better than Kathleen Wynne, which we're going to cover later later in well, this we'll year. To, yes, we'll get to that. I think we're going to have more audience for that. Well, we'll see. There'll be more stepping in. We'll see. We will have to see about that. I will say this, and I've said this before, and I will continue to say this. So I want you to picture a scenario where we go to a function or whatever, okay? Party, whatever the fuck, okay? And Doug for or sorry... And Rob Ford is there. Okay? Rob Ford's there. This is how much I trust this man. And you can tell me I'm a fool. And anyone listening can tell me I'm a fool. But this is what I believe. I go to this party. For whatever reason, I'm drunk or I'm something happens. And I need to give my wallet to this man, Rob Ford. I give it to him. At the end of the night, when I go back to get that wallet, one of two things is going to happen. Either A, it's going to come back to me unharmed, everything's inside of it. Or B, it's going to come back to me with a shit ton more cash in it. The one thing that won't happen is it that won't it won't go missing. Because that's how much I trust Rob Ford. You know, like, And I'm going to say this, too. 
I wouldn't trust Doug that well. I have another story. I, I knew... I didn't know him, oh, know yes. him. We weren't brothers. But I knew him a little bit. So I used to be the president of a kids' softball league where I used to live. And we had... This was in 2014. We had an executive committee. And the fucked up thing about this is like how the executive committee works is like everyone that was on the committee, which is like seven or eight people, whatever it was, each one got a vote and majority rules. But as the president of the league, I have all these new ideas about actually legitimizing this kids baseball league to make it something. This is the only kids baseball league in our area that did not have any select or rep teams on it. It was a simple house league, baseball league, which is great, but you need to expand. So anyway, it was 2014. It was an election year. I had this great idea to mix politics and kids baseball. A lot of people didn't know about our baseball league. We were dwindling number before I even came along and was the president for years previous. The numbers were dwindling. We were lucky to get 200 kids or whatever it was. I can't remember. And I thought, what a great idea. If I can get Rob Ford to come down to our baseball field and bring the multitude of cameras with him cameras and people eyeballs that's what i was looking for eyeballs on our league people are gonna be like wow this is a good league i didn't know this league was here i'm gonna sign my kid up for this league and our numbers would have exploded off the page i wholeheartedly believe that prove me wrong you can't not on this subject anyway so i had that idea and i brought it to the executive committee and they voted me down. They voted me down because they said, we can't have the crack-smoking mayor of Toronto throwing out the first pitch representing our baseball league. So that kind of shut that down. Yeah. But it was right. Like like I said, what he did in his own... That's his business. So He's human. We did settle on Mark Grimes, and I hope we can do a profile on Mark Grimes later this year. He was our city councillor for that area at that time. I firmly believe that the executive committee of the Baseball League made a grave mistake, and that is why, to this day, they are still struggling to get kids to sign up, and they are afraid to commit uh, uh, compete with the bigger kids baseball organizations within the same area. And if they continue to do this, it won't be too much longer and they will no longer exist. While I was still president of this league, I also participated in the Etobicoke Santa Claus Parade. And I actually have a picture. It's somewhere on my social media. I have a picture with Rob Ford, I'm the president of the baseball league. He's the mayor. He came every year. He didn't care what people thought of him. He came every year. He handed out candy canes. My kids loved him. You know, he was a great mayor. And say what you want about 
his extracurricular activities, but I'll take a high Rob Ford over a sober anybody else. A sober fill-in-the-fucking-blank. I'll take a high Rob Ford because you can argue with me all day and I'll argue right back. He saved this city money, period. Fuck did he ever. He really did a good job when he was running. Like I said, he should never have died. Anyway, so Ford registered on January 2nd, 2014 as a candidate for the fall's mayoral election. Ford participated in several debates, but went on a leave of absence in May and June to deal with his substance abuse issues after the video surfaced of him smoking crack cocaine. Ford returned from his leave of absence in July and was polling in second place behind John Tory and ahead of Olivia Chow. On September 12, 2014, Ford suddenly withdrew his candidacy due to the discovery of a tumor in his abdomen, which was suspected to be and subsequently confirmed to be cancerous. His brother Doug registered as a mayoral candidate in Ford's place, and Ford instead registered as a candidate for the for city councillor in his old constituency of Ward 2, Etobicoke North. Doug Ford with 33% of the vote, was defeated in the October 27th mayoral election by John Tory, who received 40% of the vote, while Rob Ford was successful in Ward 2, being elected with 58% of the vote. Ford's term as mayor ended on November 30th, 2014. He stated that he intended to run for mayor again in 2018. Ford volunteered his time uh, to coach high school football, he first coached at a school called Newtonbrook Secondary School in 2001 until he was dismissed over a dispute with a player. He coached at Don Bosco Catholic High, uh, Secondary School from 2001 until 2013 when the Toronto Catholic District School Board dismissed him after the controversial television interview led to a review of his coaching. Ford had donated $20,000 to equip the Don Bosco team and started a foundation called the Rob Ford Football Foundation to fund teams at other underprivileged schools struggling to field football teams. In September 2017, Toronto Mayor John Tory, along with Councillor Stephen Holliday, and the Ford family proposed renaming Centennial Stadium to Rob Ford Memorial Stadium to honor Ford's coaching. City Council rejected the proposal 24 to 11 in a vote on October 5th, 2017. Fucking shame. Now a little bit about his personal life. In 2008, after a 911 call to the Ford home, he was charged with assault and threatening to kill his wife. The Crown Attorney said, quote, there was no reasonable prospect of conviction, end quote, because there were credibility issues with allegations by Ford's wife due to inconsistencies in her statements. Ford said at the time that he was glad the ordeal was over and that he and his wife had sought marital counseling. In two separate incidents on October 25th, 2011, and again on December 25th, 2011, Police were called to Ford's home to investigate domestic disputes. During the Christmas Day incident, his mother-in-law called 911 between 4 and 5 a.m. local time as she was concerned that Ford had been drinking and was going to take his children to Florida against his wife's wishes. 
No charges were filed for either incident. Further domestic incident calls to police occurred in 2012 and on August 27, 2013. Again, no charges were filed. Ford suffered from alcohol and drug addiction for many years. After the death of his father in 2006, Ford's abuse grew and led to public episodes of intoxication, followed by public denials. His episodes were symptomatic of alcohol and drug addiction. His episodes were reported in the media widely and attracted much uh, condemnation. Ford's abuse led him to being stripped of much of his powers as Toronto mayor, and he later entered drug re rehabilitation. On April 15, 2006, Ford attended a Toronto Maple Leafs hockey game at the Air Canada Centre in Toronto. According to a couple nearby, Ford was intoxicated, using profanity, and insulting people. The couple then sent a detailed complaint to the City of Toronto. When confronted about the episode three days later by a National Post, Post reporter, Ford initially denied having been at the game, but later admitted it. Quote, I'm going through a, first, a few personal problems, but it doesn't justify, you know, getting drunk in public and pretty well acting like an idiot if you ask me. End quote. The death of Rob Ford's father, Doug Ford Sr., in September 2006 due to cancer has been pinpointed as the time period when Ford transitioned to crack cocaine in addition to alcohol. A convicted heroin dealer used to supply Ford's sister, Kathy, recalled a party with Ford around the time. According to reporter Robin Doolittle, that's the reporter I was talking about. I couldn't think of her last name. Robin Doolittle, she's the one who worked for the star and got the call from the gangbanger. I can't remember what his name is. Yeah. And then she came and they viewed the video on, on the cell phone. And then the guy's like, this is my price. But they weren't willing to pay that. Or, or the Toronto Star wasn't willing to pay that. I think she called the Star and went, we need this amount of money. And they're like, nah, that's not happening. Or something like that. Anyway, according to reporter Robin Doolittle, Ford would come home at night and drink heavily, use hard drugs or prescription pills. During his 2010 mayoral campaign, like I, we said before, the 1990 arrest... The 1999 arrest of Ford in Miami, Florida for the DUI and marijuana possession became an issue. And we already talked about that. So yeah. at um, the St. Patrick's Day festivals in March of 2012, Ford was, quote, very intoxicated, end quote, at City Hall and a downtown restaurant. According to those attending, he held a wild party in his office. Ford knocked down a staffer, insulted others, and went and then went to a restaurant. According to one server, Ford did cocaine in a private room at the restaurant. After, quote, flailing around, end quote, on the restaurant's dance floor, he returned to City Hall by cab, making racial slurs to the driver. Ford then wandered around City Hall after 2 a.m. with a bottle of brandy, using profane language at his staffer, Earl Provost, before security arranged for him to be taken home. The incident was revealed in November 2013 after an email from a City Hall security guard describing the incident was found through access to information requests. Ford's staff tried to convince Ford to get treatment for his alcoholism, but he initially refused. 
Ford was supported was reported smoking marijuana in a shopping plaza parking lot. In February 2013, Ford attended the Garrison Ball and was reported to be incoherent. His staff ushered him out <clears throat> after an event organizer asked him to leave. In March 2013, Ford was accused of groping former mayoral candidate Sarah Thomas Thompson at a social event and Thompson publicly stated that she thought he was high on cocaine. It was around the time it was around that time that Ford was recorded on video smoking crack cocaine, a video which the dealers attempted to sell to the Toronto Star, which I already told you guys about. Yes. In April 2014, Ford was involved in another incident at the Air Canada Centre. Ford, along with City Budget Chief Frank DiGiorgio, was denied access to the Director's Lounge at the ACC. His video, he was video recorded issuing profanities during an argument with the security staff, and he later denied being intoxicated and blamed the incident on voting against a $10 million con contribution to MLSC's plan to expand BMO Field. DiGiorgio described Ford as, quote, somewhere between sober and drunk, end quote. On August 11th, 2016, the original video of rob ford smoking crack cocaine was released from publication ban by the toronto police service after the extortion charge against sandra lisi was dropped the cell phone video was recorded serendipitously by a guy named mohammed syed in february 2013. the video shows ford smoking crack cocaine from a glass pipe his words are slurred and mostly inaudible during the conversation Shortly before he admitted smoking crack cocaine, Ford said, quote, Whatever this video shows, Toronto residents deserve to see it, and the people need to judge for themselves what they see on this video. End quote. Anything to say about that, Stephen? Okay, see what you see. But he, he did his own thing. That's what I liked about him. And was still a good mayor. After developing severe abdominal pains... Ford admitted was admitted to Humber River Regional Hospital in North York in September of 2014 with an abdominal tumor and a biopsy was taken. Ford announced that he would not run in the 2014 mayoral election and instead he went for his old council seat. We talked about that already because he wouldn't be able to fulfill his obligations because he would have to go for chemotherapy. On September 17, 2014, Dr. Zane Cohen of Mount Sinai Hospital revealed that Ford had been diagnosed with something called plemorphic lipsocarmosarcoma, sorry, a rare form of cancer that arises in adipose tissue, which is fat tissue. Ford was treated with chemotherapy and surgery, and after the chemotherapy and radiation therapy, Ford announced in a press conference that he was going to have a lengthy surgery done on May 11, 2015, to remove the tumor. He said he would be, quote, out of commission for four months. At a community barbecue hosted by the Ford family in 2015, Ford announced that the doctors had cleared him of cancerous tumors. On October 28th, 2015 ford revealed that that and his physician confirmed that a new tumor was growing on his bladder 
The next day, Doug Ford advised reporters that the tumor had been found to be cancerous and consistent with liposarcoma, which was the previous tumor, based on a CT scan. On March 17, 2016, Ford's office announced that he was in the hospital with his family beside him as chemotherapy treatment had not been successful and Ford's health was being reviewed to determine if he could continue treatment. The Ford family thanked many who had wished the former mayor well in recent weeks but requested privacy. A Rob Ford Get Well Soon website was set up by the Ford family to send positive messages to Ford while he received cancer treatment. It received over 5,000 messages from well-wishers in the first two weeks after its creation. On March 21, 2016, Ford's office confirmed that he had been placed into palliative care at Mount Sinai Hospital. Ford died the following day, March 22nd, at the age of 46. After his death, City Hall started an official period of mourning. Flags at municipal buildings were lowered to half-staff, and a book of condolences was started at City Hall. Chalk was provided for personal messages on the pavement of Nathan Phillips Square, similar to that of the death of Jack Layton, and the 3D Toronto sign was dimmed at the square. Visitations were held at City Hall for two days, with the Ford family present. On March 30th, a public funeral service was held at St. James Cathedral, followed by a public commemoration of his life at the Toronto Congress Centre in the evening. Ford was buried at Riverside Cemetery in Etobicoke, where his father is also buried. His brother, his brothers Doug and Randy took on stewardship of Rob shares of Deco labels and tags upon his death. And that is the story of Rob Ford. Yeah, may he rest in peace. Do you have anything that you want to add before we get no. out of here? Not really. He was a good mayor, and it's too bad that he's dead, because I'm sure he would have did a lot more for the city. I I could have seen him as the premier, even the prime minister. But, I mean, I guess God has other plans, because they left Doug in charge, and now look, place is going to hell in a handbasket. It's not his fault, and we will rebound. Yes. But But we can save that for another day. Yes. So until next time, you're listening to This Time in History. I'm Matthew and he's Stephen. Peace out.